Welcome back to The Big Chat, the podcast where we look at how brands, businesses and individuals can get an edge in today's digital world. I'm George Hughes, the founder and creative director of Small Films. I apologise for the hiatus since our last episode, but things have been busy here at Small Films, but I've got some great episodes coming up for you. I'm joined today by Yuan Pavi, the head of digital marketing for online clothing marketplace Depop. If you haven't heard of this platform, then you should definitely check it out. It's a space where people can buy and sell secondhand clothes, from vintage stuff through to designer and even handmade items. It's hugely popular with Generation Z, and this guy knows how to talk their language. Unsurprisingly, we're talking all things digital marketing with a particular focus on the younger generations. Yoan Pavi, thanks very much for coming down to talk to me today. It's really good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Uh, I'm very excited to chat to you just because I think that um, what you do and the company you work for is a very intriguing company. Um, I've chatted to a few of my friends about it and a few people, have, they're quite excited about the whole concept of Depop. So I want to get into that. I really want to talk about how that works and, and what you do. But I just kind of, I normally like to just take it right back to the beginning and ask you a bit about how the hell you got to where you are today, um, how it all started. Because as far as I understand, you were an engineering graduate. So you studied engineering mm-hmm. uh, in France, and then you ended up working as a project manager for Ford. And then somehow you've migrated into becoming a digital marketing expert. So I sort of, yeah. how did that all come about? What sort of, tell, tell me about the journey of how you got there. Yeah, uh, very interesting. So I, I think I... I come from a generation of uh, kids in France, maybe in the UK is the same, where when you're good at something, you kind of follow that path and like your parents tell you, you should do this and do that and stuff. And I ended up being in engineering because I was good at, you know, physics and like math and things like that. And you never get to like drift back into something else to see if you like it. And you know, when you're like 17, 16, like, most of us don't know what they want to do, right? So, um, and you think that what you like is like just a hobby or whatever. So I ended up being going into that path and going, doing the full thing, like master degree, engineering, diploma and stuff, and ended up in working in engineering for a few years mm-hmm. and realized that I couldn't really do that all my life. So I started thinking a lot and... I didn't have like marketing or digital in mind straight away. I was just like trying to see what I liked in general. And yeah, and then I basically saw a Facebook post okay. back in the days uh, from one of my good friend, Laurie, who I think now works at Cora, which is interesting. Um, he was working at this agency at the time and they were recruiting for like, you know, entry level uh, people to like manage what was at the time like Facebook campaigns, like just like very focused on like Facebook and the company was uh, a Facebook marketing partner or just becoming one, one of the first one actually. So back in the early days of like where things were really 
you know, like DIY and bit, like bit, train. A bit easier to do, a bit more straightforward, yeah, yeah. easy to get results. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, easier to get results, but at the same time, like the tools were not as sophisticated. So it was like this, this balance, but it was really, I feel like it's still the Wild West, but it was really the Wild West back in the days. And I just, and like, I just was interested. So I, I went to like talk to him and talk to a few people there. And I was obviously at the time slightly older than everyone else. Mm -hmm in this kind of industry, like, you know, growing digital marketing agency type of world. So was that a glow digital? That yeah. You were, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that must have been a really interesting experience for you going to be working somewhere like that, where yeah, you come yeah, from yeah. a quite sort of, um, uh, not a, a sort of typical business, but a very sort of um, well-established type of practice where you're forward yeah. and you're doing yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you're going to this kind of new, brave new world of digital marketing. Yeah, because I spent three years at Ford and like a few years before that some, somewhere else. But I, yeah, took me three, three years to like have the courage to just be like, I can't do this. Like it's not for me. I understand that it's from, for some other people, but uh, I couldn't wear like a suit and tie every day for more than, you know, more than three years. That was it. You don't strike me as a suit and tie kind of guy, I'll be well, honest. <laughs> I, I must have some pictures somewhere about like me dressing up like that, but yeah. That's the ones they're going to wheel, wheel out at your 10 year work anniversary. Yeah. So this is where he came from. Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> and what, did you find that you just hit the ground running? Did you find that it came naturally to you that you were like, yes, this is what I want to do. I'm good at this. I know how to do it. Yeah, I think like literally in the first few weeks, the, like the team there, like I, like I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of them still because everyone kind of went like in like very cool like careers and 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 places in London and elsewhere in the US, etc. Um, but from like the first few weeks, I was just like, this is insane! Like the stuff you can do by just knowing a little bit of the technology and what's coming up and just keeping yourself up to date and the type of results you can get for a business, especially at that time where, you know, you know, traffic was cheaper and there was less competition and stuff like that. You would, yeah, it was, I just was fascinated by it. And I think coming from like an engineering kind of mindset, I'd like I, I, I was doing it like it was, not like a game, but I was just like, this is like, this is fun, like to actually try to make it the most successful possible, like at the time, like Facebook ads, basically. Um, part of that is, is quite mechanical, you know, yeah. it's, it, you need a logical brain to, yeah. be able to analyze the data yeah, yeah. you're getting back and to understand how it works and mm. to, to learn and, and improve. So I yeah. can see how that would be something that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. would feel good for you. I think very quickly, I think on my f second month there, where I was like an account executive to start with, and I was account manager like two months later because like things were really, really fast. I was managing like millions of pounds. Like yeah. there was, you know, one client was like a million a month. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like that you would have that power yeah. as a just starting and like the result you would get for that business would just, yeah, it was just fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Glow Digital, what, what were they actually doing? Who were they working with at that point? Who were you working with? There was like a whole range of clients from like, like all the industries basically, like gaming, e-com, travel. Um, and I think at the time, like straight away, I got like almost like 10 clients and some really big, some more like smaller, but, and on, you know, various different KPIs and different metrics on how they would measure success on those campaigns. So very quickly you can get, or I got like, so much learnings and like 
hands-on experience on like what is it like to manage those campaigns activities and being like really crafty in like testing different things and stuff because then like no offense it's been like five years now six years but like the clients didn't know what we're talking about so you're just like I'm really precious of making the best job possible so that's fine but that's also that could be like you know it's a double-edged sword but like you just educate as well as you present what you're doing so there was a very good way to also talk about it mm-hmm. uh, directly to clients and have like interesting discussions on like just like understanding what it is and how it works and how can you squeeze even more out of it and yeah i think sometimes it's all about actually how do you how do you translate yeah the complex mm-hmm. stuff you're doing yeah. to be, be able to be understood by a lay person that doesn't really yeah, know yeah. as well as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's still the case right now. Like, even if it's been like five, six years, like the, the industry is like 10-ish years old. Yeah. So it's fairly recent in scale of things. But the thing is, it moves on so quickly that if, as soon as you think you know quite a lot, unless you're living and breathing it every day when it comes to you know, Facebook, Instagram advertising, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't keep up, you know. So it takes somebody that's in the trenches doing it all yeah. the time to actually know. That's one of the things that I, I, I still do to this day. Like I still do stuff myself. Like I want to understand. I'm just curious, I just, I just like it. Like how it works, what did you get out of it? Did it work, did it not work? Like you could very quickly when you, especially when you grow in this career to like lose touch with the teams or what they're doing and you're just getting reports and you don't actually like you know, you look at the platform again and then suddenly there's like, oh, there's this thing and this thing. Oh, you can do that. Like, you know, like, oh, you don't, you know, you told me about this or you didn't tell me about this, you know, like, so it's very important, I think, with, you know, today's marketeers and in marketing to just be like close to it. Because for me, like, this is marketing. This is, this is it, you know. So, so in your opinion, just to expand on that, you know, that's where it's at. It's it's the digital space. Yeah. That's that's the one that you need to be focused yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's because I think a lot of people in marketing are still catching up or didn't really got the interest in it because maybe they come from a different type of marketing or. But I feel like this is that's the it's been the odd topic for years, but it's still the odd topic. Of, for people to like get their heads out and really understand it but i think to really understand it you kind of have to do it even if it's with like a small budget but like do do some campaigns like run some instagram ads go on snapchat try twitter you know why people are saying you know sometimes twitter doesn't work for me like why you know like just like test it you know yeah i do think it's all about testing and learning yeah, yeah. with that sort of stuff so with um see so you were at glow yeah and within quite a short space of time, you, you've done pretty well there, you know, um, yeah, yeah. from engineering to uh, digital marketing guru. Yeah. And then, and then was it from there you went on to be working with Deliveroo? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. Well, how did that come about? So it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it was kind of random because at the time I didn't really know Deliveroo, um, but we got in touch through the agency to like work with them and they were coming up and they were building their first digital marketing team. And I got to meet one of the, the first, you know, employees and especially in the marketing uh, sphere, like so the first marketing director at the time. Um, we got a meeting with them, like me and the CEO of Glow at the time. 
we're still in touch, so we're in good, we're in, we're in good relationships. Uh, and uh, and I think the next day, I think the guy hit me up on LinkedIn, George, and uh, and uh, we got to talk. And I was like, that sounds like a good business model. Like it sounds like it's interesting. Like it's gonna grow. So I just went for it. Yeah, I've been at Glow for I was at Glow for like a year and a half almost or something like that. So fairly short amount of time. But like I said, like I I touched on so many different businesses and industries and stuff that I I wanted to I always wanted to learn more very quickly like what else can we do and what else can we do and add more channels and how this works with that and like understand like more like holistic view of the whole like digital space not just I'm doing Facebook ads or I'm doing Instagram or like that and um, that's how I started and um, so yeah I was like very lucky and I think I was the first, yeah, I think I was the first, like, digital marketeer at Deliveroo. Really? To, wow. To, to create, to start with paid social. So oh, paid I social see, yeah, was the yeah. first main channel. I think very quickly, I think a month later, we opened the PPC team as well. Um, and we grew like that, yeah. Because you think of Deliveroo as being this, you know, well-known, yeah, yeah, omnipresent... Now, yeah. Uh, company because you see them everywhere and you know if, if you live in London anyway you see yeah. them all over the place yeah but of course they haven't been around that long they really haven't been around no, very no, long no, no, no. in fact I remember because I, I lived in New York uh, a while back and they had services like Deliveroo and yeah. I thought why haven't we got this in London it's really strange yeah and then you know you come back here Deliveroo gets set up Uber Eats gets set up so it's a recent phenomenon but they've yeah, done yeah. so well that's how they? it works the CEO he was in New York and same observation he yeah. was like why am I getting why is it so easy in Manhattan to get all the food I want and he came came here for I think for through work and uh, you know, set up the business and actually doing the deliveries himself I think don't know now because I've been away from the company for a while, but he was still doing deliveries w- when I was there. Really? Randomly. Yeah. Wow, just so that he could remind himself of what stay it's in like. Touch. Yeah, yeah, stay in touch. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, That's I a good, a, uh, I good technique, I think, when yeah. the CEO gets himself down, you know, working with the workers, doing yeah, the real yeah. jobs. And... Yeah, that's good. So what was it like when working there? Did you, uh, did you learn a lot? Was it um, yeah, 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 do yeah. some serious damage? I mean, yeah, I, I learned so much because I was like fairly new in a business and suddenly there's this company that like literally in the space of my first three months I had to open like eight countries mm-hmm. no one doing what I was doing and like trying to coordinate we had like marketing managers in the countries but like more traditional marketing managers like offline or partnerships that type of stuff events trying to like educate so again like a lot of education on like what are we going to do now? Are we going to set up the social channels? So like I had to touch upon like the organic side of things as well as the paid side of things, how the two are going to live together. And I was figuring it out as I was doing it. Like I didn't, I never did it before. So I was like, it's trial and error. And then, you know, like it was not like a, a straight, like easy journey, but uh, yeah, it was actually mental. Like it was, bet, like, it was yeah. like so much work. Yeah. Um, but super interesting work because obviously, you know, paid social was like the main channel. And then one of the main channel, as we grew, it became like more or less depending on other channels growing, etc. But it started as being like the main channel. So we had like, you know, obviously crazy budgets and, and a very interesting business model because actually I was, 
we were kind of pioneering the like city level targeting on Facebook as well, right. working with them very closely to try and make it like as relevant as possible for people seeing an ad on their phone, like seeing restaurants from around where they live. Like there's been like some very like... Being as narrow as he possibly can yeah, be from yeah, a yeah, sort yeah. of geographical perspective. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is, it, which is uh, which yeah, I, th I think it's still a challenge, but it was a challenge at the time, you know, because you can't just target the UK, you know, you have to target. And sometimes we're doing like postcode targeting, like yes. people in Camden and like just like, it's so very interesting test on like, you know, big scale, small scale, uh, lots of learning and building the team as well as doing that, you know, um, that I was I guess because Deliveroo, it, you know, they are a completely digital company. I mean, they, they entirely rely on that digital presence. So yeah. that must be so important for them to be able to reach people in that way. And yeah, of course yeah, they've yeah. got... Now, of course, they've got, you know, out-of-home advertising. They've yeah, yeah, got yeah. lots of other things they can do. But I think probably in that early stage, it must yeah. be really critical for them. But, yeah, but at the same time, if you, like, I don't know if we realized it at the time. I think, I think some of us did, but it was not something we're talking about very openly. But the best marketing was just uh, the drivers in the street where yeah. we deliver outfit. That's your best marketing. Mm. It's using the business model and it's free it's free yeah. and it kind of with the competition now it's a bit like it and miss because you know obviously drivers can work for different companies and like there's more competition and, and stuff so this is probably might have lost a little bit of power because of that because they can wear what they want basically we give them the kit but they but yeah and the digital so then the rest was like digital so like very very focused on digital and how can we be as uh, efficient on the main channels uh, that you know people pay pay attention from, you know and um what was the sort of like what would you see with the big takeaway you got from working there and um and the learnings that you took away was there sort of some big things that you you kind of took took moving forward yeah there is so many i think um when i look back now some of the stuff that we did seem for the time was innovative for now i'm like what did we do it this way you know but it's because we were just like figuring it out you know um i think one of the thing i would say was on that granular thing like being like super hyper targeted i think the learning for me was that maybe we went too too data centric sometimes and like and that you know, that, that made us look at the data maybe too much. The data that we had access to rather than common sense. And then you end up kind of moving away, for example, like from Instagram because you don't see the results. But is, is it because it doesn't work as a channel or is it because of the way you use it, you know? And I think that was like, like in a nutshell, that was one of the things that I really like talked like thought about a lot even to this day like I still question like some of the stuff that I was doing that I'm doing now and in between like I'm still like going back to that time and be like are we doing the same thing or like yeah because I think I mean it's a bit, maybe it's a different topic but you know data is a beautiful thing but you can it says what you want it to say it depends mm. on how you look at it you know? interpretation yeah. interpretation of the data is another thing and um yeah we find with uh, we find with often with our campaigns and when we do it with you know our clients that there's so many parameters involved yeah that 
it's very hard to work out what is causing something not to work. Yeah. And you can focus on one thing or another depending on your perspective. Yeah. So you yeah. say, oh, this must be because of this. It must be because of external factor. Why? It's, but actually, yeah. that, that might not be the case. Yeah. You know, so. I, think, I think, even myself, like, I think the tools that we have in hand right now are so advanced that actually no one really fully comprehends them. Yeah. When you, when you do, like, when you try and do, become too granular and trying to understand it, you get lost in like, like these hundred parameters, like what did I change? And like nothing is a clean, like as, as clean like, as a clean test, you know, everyone's trying to do like clean, clean test, but there's always multiple things moving. And at the end of the day, it's people as well, seeing things and yeah. living, you know, like it's. Yeah, sometimes it's just about trusting instincts and, yeah. and just, you know, believing that, you know, you know, this should yeah. work. So we just need to make it work. There's some level of like, you know, obviously processes and iterations and level and stuff. But I think in, in trying to control it too much, mm-hmm. you can, you know, shoot yourself in the foot and, and not seeing the bigger picture, you know. Did you ever test different creatives? So, you know, test one against another and work out what, what sort of things performed well for you? Well, yeah, we did a lot of testing actually, like around, you know, people with food, just the food, you know, burgers from the top, burgers from the side, like, you know, like, how do we actually show the food and stuff? Like, we tried all of that. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, burgers were the winners all the time, because people love burgers. People love a burger. Yeah. Uh, It's the guilty pleasure, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you end up like narrowing down to like, what works every time. We now know that it has to be a burger yeah. without mayonnaise yeah. from the sides yeah, yeah, and with yeah. just this amount of meat in it. And <laughs> but like I was saying, it works until it doesn't work. Yeah. Like you need to keep testing. You retest everything all the time. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's the discipline that is really hard to get these days because the tools are so advanced that I think today's companies, I haven't seen, and if someone as that kind of setup, please reach out to me. Uh, but I think like even the teams in marketing today are not set up for that those capabilities. Like it's like it's another that's another big area of my that I'm, that I'm of mine that I think about a lot. But uh, that could be an entire uh, episode. Yeah, we could in do itself, a whole podcast it? yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, Really fascinating to hear about uh, your time at Deliveroo and obviously the journey that took you there, but you want to talk about Depop, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I guess for anyone that hasn't come across uh, Depop, could you just kind of explain to us what is Depop, how does it work? Yeah, so Depop is a fashion marketplace. Um, So it's an app mainly, we do have a website, but mainly an app where you can buy and sell your clothes what you do if you customize your clothes, if you make stuff like jewelries and things like that, you can put that in there. Uh, and it's about you and your, you know, yourself, your style, and you can present yourself as a, you know, unique individual. It's a really community-led, which is very interesting and really important for us. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. I think it's such a good idea because people of, well, all people, but all people, but particularly people of a slightly younger age range, have always, um, you know, gone to the charity shops and the vintage shops, and yeah. you know, you're looking for those bargains and try and find cool clothes that aren't, mm. you know, off the high street. Yeah. And it was always quite a difficult process. Essentially, you've created this community where 
people can communicate, they can swap stories, they yeah. can share clothes, they yeah. can buy and sell clothes. It can give sort of budding fashion designers yeah. opportunities to yeah. actually get out there yeah. and start to sort of make money. And it seems yeah. like such a good idea. And then you've got sort of certain, I, I noticed when I went on there the other day that there's some sort of celebrities on there and things yeah, as well. So how's yeah, yeah. that work? So we do onboard uh, more famous people uh, on the platform that wants to like, you know, get rid of the clothes that they get, you know, as being famous. So we do manage the account, which is another like layer of the, the business. But yeah, I think at the, at the core when Depop started is like, it was a perfect timing six years ago where like Instagram was picking up. And that's like, you know, there is the social aspect on Depop. So people message each other, you can like, you can save items. Uh, so people are like, have like full on discussions on their DMs and stuff. And um, that's what makes it, you know, very unique. And so it's not very, like, very it's good. not just like eBay for clothes. No, it's not yeah. just about buying. It's about exchanging and, 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 and talking to real humans. So I think that's what's appealing to like the, the newer generation. And he, he appeared at the time where like, you know, Instagram was there. So it's like an Instagram and eBay combined. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, it's good, isn't it? Because you need to be able to, well, first of all, you want to be able to see the, the clothes themselves and actually understand yeah. Yeah. the style and, you know, yeah. what it looks like. But then you also want to know who it's coming from and why yeah. the story behind it's important. Yeah, you know, exactly. All those things. Yeah, and we encourage the users to actually take pictures of them wearing the item, okay. like to show their style. Yeah. It's not just about... Like the quality of the picture is very important. It's not, it's, it's not just about getting rid of, you know, the crap that you don't want. Yeah. It's about the style of it and like the story and yeah. It's quite clever as well. Cause when you go on there, it's, it says to you, um, what's your style? You know, yeah. do you like this picture, this picture, this picture? It shows you a load of different types of looks like yeah. you've got your streetwear yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've got your vintage and all that sort of stuff. And then you click, I like this, I like that. And then it starts to then suggest things for you and say, you might like this, you might like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I didn't quite understand was it immediately flashed up with Lily Allen's clothes for me. So I don't know why that is. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe that's my style or something. <laughs> but yeah, if you, so if you want to buy Lily Allen's clothes, you can literally buy Lily you Allen's can, clothes. You can on, buy, on, yeah. We've on got like Lily Allen, we've got FK Twigs, we've got Maisie Williams as well. Not sure you can buy stuff from Game of Thrones, but it's not, not, not the original, uh, yeah. yeah. I think the, the memorabilia stuff that I pretty sell for a little bit more than. What's the name the, of the swatch he's using? Needle. Oh yes, you buy so the needle. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Can't, you can't buy that, but. Oh, never mind. Never just mind. at least yeah. close, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's cool. And uh, the um, the platform, I'd say, is it is a bit more younger skewed, isn't it? Yeah. So it's definitely a sort of Generation Z um, yeah. type thing, but it does go up. Obviously, lots of people using yeah, it. Yeah, for, yeah. So, what's your take on? on what they respond to well. Like, it, do you have to take a bit of a different approach in terms of how they interact with each other and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I think, because basically, like, they're basically used to like the technology now, you know, like they, they, they're born with smartphone, smartphones and they're using it all the time and stuff. So I think it's very important to be, not to be too salesy and actually try to bring either like you know, entertainment, like pure entertainment or pure like utility, like value based uh, content. So in everything that we do and everything that we do for digital marketing, for example, it's all about, yeah, what's that content? Now are we championing the community and then we mainly talk about them rather than Depop. 
we do have obviously some ads that talk about the features of the app and how to use it and how you should you know download it and like because that's you know one of the kpis is to get new users you know for me but um i'm always keen with the team to find an angle where we like talk about x you know and she's really cool because she's doing x y and z and like you know find her own tip up kind of yeah. thing so like it's it's a uh, finding the right amount of you know community-led people-led uh, marketing with a little bit of you know push to like bring them down the funnel but yeah that's really interesting you say that because it's something that i talk about a lot which is that i think that you know, in today's world, people are getting a bit sick of digital advertising. You know, they're just, oh, God, you know, I just don't want that anymore. And it's quite easy also to tune it out. Yeah. It's quite easy to just, I just yeah. look at that. Yeah. So if you really want to reach people, you have to give them that sense of value, whether that's entertainment or, yeah. you know, like you say, utility, that there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. they can use and it's helpful to them. Um, and it's not too salesy. So it's yeah. quite interesting you're saying that. Yeah. What, what sort of stuff do you do then for, to, to, get people excited about the platform yeah. so that's why i was like super like drawn to this role as well at depop like besides the fact that i've always been into clothes and vintage and stuff since i was like 13 years old um which is kind of interesting that now i do something like i do a job that i like in a world that i love so it's like perfect match um i'm i'm super like keen to like develop like the digital sphere like it, it, it tackles everything in digital so it's not just ads but it's also branding so the way we are trying to develop it at Depop is not to go too much on the ads side of things that could be like you said you know repetitive and people are tuning it off and stuff like it might work for a moment and then it will kind of like slow down like you know like it is for everyone so it would be like compensating with as much, you know, cool content as you can at the top of the funnel. And how do you tr distribute that content and where you can do the remarketing game to bring people further down the funnel. So like I've been like I've been hearing about, you know, like that the funnel strategy. Everyone is talking about this for like 10 years in, in marketing. But actually it's the first time that I'm getting to like actually doing it to to, to, to touch it because when people talk about it they mainly do the same thing it's the same type of content at every stage it's just like oh let's just change the message like the text for the first video but it's 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 just a sales for now you're just selling selling and selling a little bit more whereas here we're really trying to bring um, either like I said full just under entertainment or pure value from like you know discovering a seller on the platform and i will give them the the show you know like for five minutes we'll just do like a five minutes video which you know we'll spend the day with them and like come like do a five minutes video with them and put on youtube put that everywhere and that's just that's just good value there's nothing to sales in there it's no, just like here's some no, interesting no. stuff to, about we don't like i mean users. we could you know and we like we test all the time like what we could add to like make it you know bring you know i don't know i'm gonna get a bit a bit more like in details but like the logo where should we put the logo where yeah. should we put like should we put a call to action at some point and stuff like if you look at most of most of our videos recently like they're not best practices at all they're just pure value on like discovery it's like a mini documentary and that's it um and i think that that's so valuable 
to someone watching it, especially on YouTube, where like people consume like very long form yeah. type of content. You don't have to do an hour long video, but you could if you if you had something to say or if you had something an interesting idea. Yeah, people will watch it, and that's like you can't put a price on that. Like someone watching something that long, that's just the brand is just there. Like your logo is in the corner, or whatever. Like you made it, so you know. It's the yeah. I think that's that's the secret, and a lot of people don't understand this. That yeah. yeah. If you want to really engage people, you have to put the brand yeah. behind in the back seat yeah. and put the content as the hero. So, yeah. like you say, you might have your logo in there and it's in the corner, yeah. but you're not like ramming a sales message down their throat. You're just providing good value, good content, and then, and then once they're engaged, then you can start to funnel them down into yeah. getting them to a point where they might actually do something. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think I'm I'm talking from the position of like seeing a lot of startup like VC backed companies where the first thing you do is go paid advertising yeah like six seconds video very salesy and like squeeze as much as you can off of you know Facebook Instagram maybe a bit of snapchat whatever you want to want to try but they will completely like ignore the branding part or the long-term part it's all like very short term until the next round and that's they're just looking for an immediate result. They yeah. just want, you know, boom, we need to see a return. And I think that's really, uh, it's very interesting, but I think it's, uh, I personally think it's wrong. So I think there's maybe a shift there, like that, you know, might happen, or maybe it's just, just me doing it, but yeah. No, no I think, I, I 100% agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I, think, I think this is happening already, that yeah, yeah. people are starting to realize that the online advertising is becoming less effective. Yeah, it, yeah. it costs more. Doesn't you doesn't get as good a result as it once did, and so because there's just so much out there now. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be creating content that has good value for the yeah, user, yeah. and then you're actually you're reinforcing your brand and you're making your brand seem better in a way. Yeah. But if you do it well, you still get amazing results. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Like you you can go back to like the five six years ago type of traffic if you do if you actually do do it like well and bring value and stuff like people will watch it they won't tune like tune off of your content you know they'll stay yeah so you mentioned youtube just then in terms of your your users of course the age range there would be what sort of 16 to 25 is like your typical yeah mainly like under 25 yeah yeah so under 25 so youtube yes of course yeah that's just everybody loves youtube and it's phenomenal Mm mm-hmm but would it then be, I mean, are you using Snapchats? Are you using yeah. TikTok? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what's, yeah. what, Instagram? Yeah, as well. So what would you say, I mean, Snapchat, people talk about Snapchat as being, oh, you know, is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. this on the way out? Like, yeah. Is it still useful? Like, yeah. is it relevant anymore? That sort of thing. Yeah. I what think, do you think? Yeah, I think, as I'm going to be a bit extreme, but I think any business could be in any channel if they do it the right way. There's, you know, even if you have a company that like targets 75 plus, you could still target the grandchilds that are on their phone yeah. to like try and get the brand out there or your product, you know, like, so there is no like, this is not for me or, you know, if it doesn't work, just you didn't execute well, it just, you didn't test enough to make it work. The, the key is that 
just by the volume, the numbers, you know, the attention is there and like the Snapchat is not going away tomorrow. And there is a lot of people on there still. If you ask in, you know, people in the street, like 18 years old, like if they're on Facebook or if they're on Snapchat, they're probably mostly on Snapchat. Yeah, they're definitely not going to be on Facebook, are they? No. So, and they might not be on Instagram. They might just be on Snapchat. Then there is a split between the two. And yeah. obviously Instagram is like huge, but yeah. So like, yeah, for at Depot, basically the main, like the main thing I would do is I would, I would test all those channels and see what, like really trial and error. And like, as soon as we find one that is working, like for example, Snapchat is our main channel actually for, for advertising, um, we'll just scale it up that way, but we will not forget about the other one. So I'm still testing everything else at the same time while scaling up the ones that work. But eventually by the rule of repetition, you know, like there's another thing like about frequencies and like sometimes in marketing teams about like, oh, is our frequencies too high? And like a few years ago, I used to have a lot of dis discussions about bad frequencies, yeah. like it's, it's, it's going too high, but people need to see you a few times before they actually do something, right? So. I understand if they see you like 20 times a day on Instagram, it might be a bit too much. But if they see you once on Instagram, then they go on YouTube, they see you again. In the space of a week, if they see you like, they say like the rule of five or seven, you know, like they'll do something. So you need to be at least on five or seven channels because people are on their phone all the time. Yeah. So look at the biggest, the biggest app and just be on all of them. You know? So we, we look at sort of, a frequency of between five and seven in terms of how many times people might be seeing you across yeah, or would that yeah. be per channel? Yeah, as a rule of thumb, you know, like I don't have, we don't have like a, a, a process for it yeah. right now, but I know that if we're running, you know, activities on similar audiences with similar interests or age range or whatever, and every day we're on Snapchat, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, da 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 da, da like, that will have an impact somewhere. Like one of the channel is gonna, you know, regardless of what's your attribution model or whatever, like one is gonna convert at some point. Um, or they might even not convert, that they might just talk to their friend and be like, no, I'm seeing this, like, you know, I've seen this like a few times, like, have you checked it? Like, you know, that's another all like big discussion, but I think that's the, at the, in the macro level, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing, yeah. I guess the thing is as well that, with all of these platforms, yeah. they do change very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one update can go through and suddenly it's just not working in the same way as it yeah. once was. So I think just you're right about having, you know, your fingers in multiple pies because yeah. if you say, oh, Instagram just done something and now we're just not getting the same results, we'll yeah. maybe load much more back into Snapchat or, yeah. you know. And that's why it's really, diff it's, that's why it's really wrong for, you know, startups to go like 100% on Instagram and not do anything else. Yeah. Because if your, you know, CAC is going up and your LTV is not going higher and eventually, you know, you flip the, the wrong way around, then your business model doesn't work. Especially if you're like relying on paid marketing or Instagram marketing for like 80% of your results, you know, like it would just, it just doesn't work. So by diversifying, and scaling what works, but still continuing to test the other channel, never like forgetting about the main ones. You always, you just follow where people go, 
when they go, you know. And if suddenly the the competition becomes too high on Snapchat, we'll be on TikTok, you know. And if TikTok's become too expensive, maybe Instagram will be cheaper. So you keep flipping on like whatever the traffic is the cheapest or whether your results are the, the best. But that's what's happening on Instagram, you know, for the past few years, you know, it's getting more and more and more expensive, even though, you know, you can still find very good results on like Instagram stories, for example, yes. and things like that. Uh, like eventually you see like the most random ads on Instagram for like, I don't know, I, don't, I can't remember which one was the most random I saw recently, but like, like I think it was for Calpo, for like baby syrup, because I just had a kid like a year and a half ago, but they must have listened to what we were talking about. Yeah, on that, thank you. By the way. <laughs> but, um, they must be, yeah, they were listening in on your Amazon Alexa and, and they heard the baby I crying in the background. For, for like baby cough syrup or like, you know, like, and I was just like, yeah, so that's, that shows you like, yeah that you know most brands are getting into it like yeah. cpg brands and like they're pouring so much money into into it that it just makes it just you need to diversify otherwise you just you just yeah you have to like stop your yeah. digital marketing have you seen i mean i think this is something that i i could see would be happening about five years ago which was as the bigger brands realized that yeah. there's you get a good return from digital advertising, Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That they will start plowing more money in and suddenly the cost will go up for everybody else. Yeah, have, yeah, you, yeah. have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always think that big big companies, they will be always late. And they're late already. Like, you know, that thing, like those channels exist for like 10 years now, you yeah. know, like not as sophisticated, but like, if, uh, I don't know, Coca-Cola was like pouring money on Facebook and Instagram when it just started, you know, big game over because they have so much more budget, you know. Um, but it doesn't happen. It just, it's just happening, you know, like it's happening since like last year, maybe the past couple of years. But, and there's so much more that's going to happen. So it's just about following like what's the new platform or the new techniques or the new, they, it might be on the same platform or maybe, maybe there's a new campaign type that you can do that no one else is doing so then you get like a different type of traffic and so there's always a way where I think smaller companies or startups or scale-ups or will have the first mover advantage they're much more just, agile, aren't yeah, they? I mean, yeah. you can react quickly. You can instantly make a decision. Mm -hmm. A Coca-Cola yeah. can't. You know, it, it takes a lot to yeah, yeah. change anything, really. So it takes them, you know, six months to a year yeah. just to put one decision in place. Yeah, and that goes back to, like, something I was thinking about recently, which is, you know, like, how do you structure your team? And, like, our team are structured in, in like, kind of more established businesses or bigger businesses in marketing is just, it's, it go, the technology is going too fast for organizations to change yeah. that fast, you know? And like people are doing their job and they're being, you know, rewarded on like certain KPIs that are like old KPIs and then you just do it because you have to, even if you know it's wrong, you know, like as a marketing person. So there's a lot of like things like that happening in companies these days. And you've got like, obviously, you know, more senior people that never heard of digital. They're like, you know, like people in companies that are like in the C-suite or like CMO roles and stuff, they're still catching up or they even, they didn't even start to understand yeah. what it is. So that's another thing I find fascinating because I think 
in like 10, 15 years, the new like Gen Z like generation, when they're gonna come in position of you know seniority, authority, authority yeah. in companies, they all have a completely different way of doing marketing. And I've, that's why I don't, I don't want to lose touch of that because I feel like I'm in a slightly older branch now. I'm like above 30, so. You're, yeah, you're getting a bit old-fashioned. You probably are yeah. keeping up with it yeah. as much as yeah. the younger yeah. guys yeah. are, you know? But that's, I'm really aware of that. And I think I think people younger than me, when they're going to arrive in like CMO roles, it's going to be very interesting because they're going to be 100% digital focused. Yeah. And like, you know, the offline kind of marketing partnership event and stuff is going to work differently with digital. And I think it's going to create, there's going to be a new wave of like creative campaign that are like fully integrated with like the technology in hand, you know? Yeah. I think also, you know, it'd be interesting to imagine what will be yeah. that landscape because it won't look the same as it does now. No. You know, I mean, things are coming along all the time, new platforms, TikTok, I mean, yeah. that's just sprung out of nowhere where that will go who knows you know whether facebook will look the same as it it does now probably yeah. not you know as things go out of fashion um and i think yeah just keeping up with those trends is very very difficult mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you about tiktok actually because i think that that's something that has entered the the sort of sphere for many people but no one really understands yeah. it that well yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm fascinated by it, it I, mean, I spend quite a lot of time just like looking at the videos on there because people are really cool they do a load of really cool stuff on there i'm not entirely sure i've got to be honest about how it's monetized for you know uh, brands and things mm. but do, do you use tiktok yeah yeah so i don't use it personally when i go on there i feel completely like outdated like super yeah. old but it's very young I mean, it makes it like, reminds me of vine yeah back in the day so it's like you know very like lo not loop but like short videos with music and like karaoke style and stuff because i think it was musically before being oh, a tiktok right. so it's like that music aspect um but we i think the well, with the way they were the monet monetize it the way i see it is like the way you know, Instagram is being monetized. You're just gonna see posts that are sponsored in between the feed of like people you follow and the people you see in the, well, as you scroll down into the the videos. But um, they recently launched their you know platform. I think a few months a few months ago, and we uh, we've been cooking some uh, some campaigns. So we actually were, we we've been live for two weeks on TikTok already. Um, because I think it's really important to be like one of the first. But like I said, I think it's going to take years for big co companies to go on TikTok. You know, oh, like the time they decide. Da, 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 da. So like by that time, we'll find another way. But for now, it's, you know, we, we're in testing phase, so I don't know. Uh, but, but I know it's important to be in there because the demographic, because the number of users they have and the way it's growing. And um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the platform develops and stuff. But regardless of what happens right now, it's got the attention of, you know, the 13 plus. Yeah. And if that can give us more exposure to that demographic that are moving away maybe from Instagram or moving away from Snapchat, then we'll be on there. So then it's like more discussion on like what type of content was the creative, you know, like I'm not, I'm not for just flashing the same video everywhere. So like, what can we do that is unique to TikTok, you know, engaging with our influencer team as well, influencer like, influencer marketing to like do some like cool partnerships with, with people like, 
people that are big on the platform already and things like that. But yeah. It definitely fills with TikTok. I mean, the reason I think it's so great is because it's encouraging the users to actually generate interesting, funny, yeah. Yeah. clever content. So yeah. you've got people doing magic tricks on there, you've got people doing crazy dancing, you've got yeah. people doing like all sorts of random stuff. And it's just great because it's like, right, get your phone out, get your camera out. Like, yeah. we want you to do some cool yeah. things. Yeah. I definitely think that, that the immediate thing for me is working with the popular people on the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, essentially influencers, as you say, to kind of create stuff that's seamless with the platform. Because yeah. I think that if you hit that, those users with like a hard advert, they just be like, I hate these people. Why are they yeah. doing this? It ruined my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's quite, but like you say, I think, uh, you know, a bigger brand would be scared of using that platform because they're not sure if it's the right tone to represent their company. They're not sure where it's going. It's yeah. it's not safe yet. There's so know. many reasons why it would take more time just from the way they organized as well. Like it yeah. would just take time to take the, to make the decision and then make the creative and then make one creative and then test that one creative and it doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't work for us. You know, that kind of thing. So like very blocked. Uh, processes that doesn't allow for you know like full testing fle flexibility um, but what's interesting on the platform as well is that we find that uh, TikTok famous people sometimes actually don't have a big following on Instagram so they're like different ah. you know and because it's a new platform the organic virality of, of it is very strong and we actually had the joke in the office where we were saying like with another colleague, like we should both go on TikTok and see who's becoming like the biggest, yeah. the quickest, uh, because it's, it is possible for anyone to just join still and, and actually become like big on TikTok because the organic thing is still there. Like if you start on Instagram right now, it'd be very hard to, you know, become, you know, an influencer or like have like a big following if you're starting from scratch because the organic side of thing is kind of dead you know it's like what happened to facebook uh, you know seven eight years ago and also instagram is just now you know getting oh, another influencer yeah. leading a rock star life where they're on holiday in the yeah. maldives yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're eating yeah. at this restaurant that restaurant at least with tiktok they're doing they're performing yeah they're, they're like it's essentially it's artists you know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them yeah, uh, yeah although i have to say though if you if you do go on TikTok, you can end up down a bit of a rabbit hole because there's, um, if like something goes viral on there, like there's one particular song at the moment that's on there that keeps, there's a dance that goes with the song and everyone's doing the dance and the song is so irritating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just watch a couple of them, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, well. I think you should definitely go on there. Try and try I'll and go try. viral. You will be probably only one of like 14 people on there who are over 25 but yeah. you know that'd be uh, well but that's it that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the niche you know yeah yeah now i've seen some people sort of doing some um like so i guess more professional content creators <laughs> trying to slightly like get themselves to go viral and yeah, they've done, yeah they did yeah. pretty well yeah i'm sure yeah, yeah. yeah it's really good so um so i have to ask so um yeah, you've, you've got a lot of experience in the world of digital marketing and obviously you're you're dealing with a, a slightly younger generation at the moment what would be your one sort of piece of advice, do you think, for brands if they want to get an edge in today's world, which is largely digital? What would be your one piece of advice? I think I would say really focus on 
the content you're creating and how much you're creating and link to that how is your team structured around delivering on that content because i think that's one of the main challenges that i've seen in my past like my last two jobs basically but and i'm working on right now is if you want to be effective like i was saying like on most of the channels not just one or two but like everywhere and be represented in the most successful way you need a lot of content and like different type of content and like you know define i would say like you know define what you want to talk about like your pillars and be creative with it and invest in it it doesn't have to cost a lot of money but it definitely needs some resources some people to do it uh but content and creative is regardless if you want to do it in house or externalize it and stuff but it's that's the most important thing because you need it to test you need it to refresh you need it to be specific to all the channels and to the tar- targeting as well capabilities so it's if you think about it you could you could go really crazy on content and have so much that would be relevant to what you're trying to do um so yeah that would that'll be that I think that's a really good bit of advice. I mean, I think um, what's what's unique about the world we live in at the moment is that all companies, all brands, all businesses, all startups, everybody, you can all be your own publisher. You can become a publisher. Yeah. You know, you can have ownership of your own yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. There's the channels out there to do that. Yes. And everybody can be creators. Exactly. And, and it's a way of um, you know getting a getting your own audience yeah exactly there's a well i'm 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 sure some of the the people listening will uh, will know but like this guy in the US Gary V yeah that's what he's talking about a lot and and i you know i i truly believe in it it's like every company should be you know a media company slash what you do and just do a, a lot of media a lot of content yeah. and uh and it's hard because you need to be a bit less precious about it as well if you want to test because you don't know it's all subjective you know like what people's opinion and what you think is going to work versus what was working you need to start somewhere and then iterate on what's working um but yeah that's that's the I think that's the key yeah. awesome before we finish i've got a little game that i like to play see so up for playing a game with me all right. Okay. I haven't told you what the game is yet. It's not. It's not nothing too scary or anything. Okay. Um, the game is called Two Truths, One Lie. Mm-hmm. So all I'm going to do is read three statements to you. Mm-hmm. One of which is a lie. Okay. And you have to try and work out which one you think is the lie. Okay. Okay. So the first statement is: Twenty billion pieces of clothing are consumed globally every year. Okay. The second one is um, in the UK, we, more, we buy more clothes per person than any other country in Europe. Okay. And then the final one is um, 40% of Generation Z say that working Wi Fi is more important to them than a working bathroom. Oh my God. I think, I think the first one. First one. Yeah, I think it's not not enough. Not enough. You are absolutely right. That's true. Yes. So it's uh, I said a 20, 20 billion pieces of clothing are consumed, but it's not. It's eighty billion yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. Of, of clothing are Seems consumed. A bit low. Yeah, it's scary though. Yeah, I think that's pretty bad. Actually, you think about it, eighty billion. That's what the 
global yeah. clothing trade is pumping out every year. It's pretty pretty terrible. Uh, I mean, it's good that your company is helping to keep these clothes in circulation. Basically, we're trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's quite shocking to me that, uh, and then 40% of Generation Z say that working Wi-Fi is more important to them than a working toilet. Actually, that kind of sounds believable in a way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. People get really upset when they don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Johan, thanks very much for coming down. It's been awesome talking you. to you. I will definitely be watching Depop to see where you guys go next. I think it's going to be big things in the future. I see it only growing and growing and growing. So best of luck with it all. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. One, two, three, listen. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head over to YouTube where we've got highlight videos for all the podcasts in the Big Chat series. All the information you'll need is in the show notes, but if you can't find that, then head over to smallfilms.com forward slash big hyphen chat. Mm-hmm.